from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. <clears throat> Join, excuse me, frog in the throat. Join us during the week. Fox Business. Name the show's Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day. And here you can live stream us on the Internet. LarryKudlowShow.com. LarryKudlowShow.com. It's all it takes all around the country, throughout the world, and the solar system. So let's do some stock market work. Oh, my gosh. It was a kind of an ugly week for the stock market. Down 953 points on the Dow, 457 on the NAS, down 137 on the S&P 500. Yesterday was a bad day. The Dow's off 300 points. Um, I'm looking at interest rates, too. I want our distinguished experts to tell me why interest rates are so low. The curve is badly inverted. I guess rates went up a little bit over the past week. The 10-year closed close to 360. That thing was four and a quarter not too long ago. The curve is very badly inverted. And the inflation news was not good. And um, I don't think this story is going to have a happy ending, but I mean, it will in the long run. It always does in the long run. Short run, not so much. Anyway, we have Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist at Hightower Advisors and uh, Head of Investment Solutions, and Kenny Polcari, Managing Partner at Case Capital Advisors and uh, Chief Market Strategist at Slate Stone Wealth. So two experts. So I'll go to you, Stephanie. You're my optimist usually. <laughs> I don't think things are looking, I mean, all that good. It's just kind of funny. The market is piddling around. Um, I had Jason Trenard on the TV show, you know, Strategus. He's a very smart guy. <laughs> He's pretty bearish about about stocks and earnings, profits of the mother's milk of stocks. Kevin Hassan and I were talking uh, on the radio a while back um, earlier in the show, and um and also, and you know, inflation's not really going away. I mean, it's a funny thing. Um, uh, John Carney said this too from Breitbart. In, inflation uh, is lower. I mean, maybe we've seen peak inflation, but it's kind of now hovering in this four, five, six percent range, which is two to three times the Fed's target which suggests that the Fed is really going to tighten a lot more than Wall Street thinks it's going to tighten in the next whole bunch of months. So anyway, Stephanie, what do you make of this story? Yeah, it's not a it's not a good one right at the moment. Um, and I agree with you long term, things will turn out just fine. But we have to we have to go through a little bit of uh, volatility, I think, um, in the markets, because you mentioned peak inflation, but it's persistent inflation. Right. right? I mean, right, it's, right. that's the thing. And I think yesterday we sold off on 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 the on the PPI number that came in at seven point four percent. I mean, I mean, even if you cut that in number in half, you're still above levels that we last saw in 2010, 2011. So inflation is here. It's sticky. Uh, a lot of the problems are wages. And that's not a problem for people. I want people to make more money. It's just a problem for profits um, uh, and in corporations. And so I think the reality is from yesterday that, okay, maybe the number came in a little bit better than expected on a month-over-month basis, but it's still on an absolute level still quite high. And that, to your point, means the Fed is going to have to continue being hawkish. And even if we are close 
to the, the terminal rate of, say, 5%, right? Even if we get, we get there, they're probably going to stay there for quite some time. And that's a problem for, uh, for, for equities, for risk on assets, for long-duration assets. And so I think you're going to continue to see a trading range market, volatility elevated, and a little bit more of a tilt on value versus growth. Wow. You know, you look at that PPI number, it's the last three months, three-tenths, three-tenths, three-tenths. It's not going down anymore. No. So that's 3.6% at an annual rate for the past three months. So that's about twice the Fed's target. And as you said, the 12-month is 7.4. Um, it's just not going down anymore. And I think you're going to see the same thing when the CPI comes out this week. The um, Cleveland Fed now cast is, I think it's looking for five-tenths of a 0.5 number. But the point is not coming down. Mm-hmm. So Ken Pilkeri, Wall Street, I think, is underestimating two things, maybe. One is the so-called terminal Fed funds rate. But secondly, what does it deeply, we're getting into a very deeply inverted yield curve. Right. I mean, the three-month, the old Fed model, which was a very good model, New York Fed model, was the three-month bill versus the 10-year. So the three-month is, I'm going to call it four and a quarter, and the 10-year is three, I'll call it 360. That's a pretty deep inversion. And I'm quite surprised at how much that 10-year note yield has come down. In fact, I don't even understand it. Maybe we could sort there. Why? Why are these uh, longer-term rates coming down? What's up with that? Well, I think to Stephanie's point is that uh, the outlook continues to be dire, right? That the longer-term outlook continues to be dire. So short-term rates are going to provide uh, are going to provide a better yield, and people are very concerned about the long term. If the terminal rate goes much above, you know, where are we? I think we're really at five and a quarter is what I think is what I think the market is really prepared for mm-hmm. the upper end of that range. But I do think it goes higher, and then that's just going to put, like Stephanie said, more pressure on equities, more pressure on 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 big corporations, and so therefore the longer term picture looks a little bit more uh, sour, right? It doesn't look it, it's not it's not coming up roses yet. Uh, and so I think, therefore, we're seeing that big dislocation. What's there, an 80 basis point spread, I think, now between either the two-year and the 10-year or the three-month and the 10-year. It's almost mm-hmm. an 80 basis point spread, which is much bigger than it was even a month ago when it was like a 25 basis point spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a little bit more optimistic. But I think now what we're seeing is, to your point, to Stephanie's point, is that while inflation may be trending lower, and that's good, trust me, we're still far away from where we want to be, and it's becoming stickier in places where it's not going to, where it's not going to change. Wages are not going to change right away, right? The other places where it's become sticky is not going to change. And I think that's going to be a continue to be the problem for the Fed. Stephanie Link, why bank stocks? KBW Bank Index off five and a JPM down two percent, City down five, Goldman down five point six, Bank of America down ten percent this past week what's going on there yeah i think um and that's horribly but i think what 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 they're, they're telling us is uh, we are seeing a major slowdown in the economy 
We don't know if we're going to go into a recession or not next year, probably likely. Uh, the Fed um, is, 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 again, the Fed is so behind the curve. I mean, inflation is starting to come down, but they just keep on ratcheting rates higher and higher. And then that's going to lead to a slowdown and that's going to lead to possible credit conditions. Uh, and, uh, and, and that, you know, we think people remember the, the great financial crisis. If we're not going to have, if we have a recession, it's not going to be like that. Um, it's not going to be because uh, of the banks. Uh, the banks are very well capitalized, but I think people are just nervous that a slowdown will lead to worsening credit mm. and uh, higher loan losses. I think it's as simple as that. Would you touch- let me just say one. Let me just say one thing. We all heard during the earnings season, and it started with, Jake, with Jamie Dimon, that they all the big banks are allocating bigger reserves to Stephanie's point because they are all expecting credit problems in 2023 as we as we as we move through this economy and we enter this recession. They are allocating for. It. They told everybody that during their earnings uh, during their earnings call. So people should not be you know you shouldn't be surprised when you see that. There's a rumor, by the way. That Brian Moynihan, the CEO of Bank of America, yeah, I saw that. is going to replace Janet Yellen as Treasury Secretary. Is that an uptick for? Is that an uptick for <laughs> Treasury, or is is that an uptick for B of A, or what? <laughs> Look, he's he's done a he's done a really good job, and uh, he was dealt a very tough hand in terms of running that company and 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 writing the ship. And I think he's done a very very good job um, in a, in a challenging environment and. As, Especially so on the cost side of things, he has right. really reined it in, and it's and, and that's why it has and it has been an operating leverage story. Stock is awfully cheap, one times book. I mean, and and you're now starting to get some pretty interesting dividend yields. I mean, look at look at Morgan Stanley at three point nine percent. I mean, these are these are big numbers, um, and uh, they're very cheap stocks, but they're not going to they're not going to outperform if we have a recession. Well, that's the thing, Kenny. Uh, so, okay, they're cheap, but would you buy them? Well, it's funny. You know, I own them. Bank of America is one I own. JP Morgan is another one I own. I, I own them, but I'm not adding to them currently, right? I'm letting them kind of uh, end up with a smaller part percentage of my old overall portfolio because I'm adding to other places, the more defensive sectors, the stuff that people need. But I'm not necessarily, to Stephanie's point, they are cheap. So if you want to get in and you're willing to kind of have a little bit of dead money for a while to just so you're there and you're prepared for when it turns, that might be okay. Might be a little bit early, but like I said, I own mine. I'm not selling them. I like the names uh, and I like the prospects. So uh, I would be, if the market goes lower, I would be in those two numbers anyway, because I already own them, would be a buyer. All right. All right. Well, hang on a second. Got to take a quick break. Stephanie Link, Hightower Advisors, Investment Solutions, Kenny Pocari, Case Capital, and uh, Slate Stone Wealth. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking stocks with Stephanie Link at uh, Hightower Advisors and Investment Solutions and Kenny Polcari at Case Capital and Slate Stone Wealth. Stephanie, um, oil nosedive today or this past week down 11 bucks. Let's see. West Texas, $71. Brent crude. Seventy-six and a half dollars, and energy stocks were the worst performer of the top ten sectors, down eight and a half percent. What's going on there? 
I think this uh, goes back to higher rates, slower growth, and global growth overall slowing down. Um, and so I think some people are nervous about the demand side of the equation. Um, I still like this sector. And just to keep putting it in a perspective for you, I mean, the XLE is still up 49% year to date, mm-hmm. even after the correction. So I think this is a viable dip. I do think that the industry has changed um, and they've changed because it's not, they, they, they never got rewarded from being a boom to bust kind of uh, a sector or industry. Um, so they've kind of gotten religion and they basically are not overproducing given the higher prices. Instead, they're actually returning the cash and the free cash that they're generating to shareholders in terms of buybacks and dividends and special dividends and that sort of thing. And so, uh, and that's, and that's a change and that's definitely an industry change. And so I, I think you buy the dips because I think you're still going to have uh, tight supplies. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly the, the war doesn't help uh, any matters as, as well. Uh, and so uh, I think you just make your shopping list. Well, I thought the war, Putin's war was causing oil prices to go up and that was the cause of inflation. But now Putin's still fighting the war, and all prices are down. So which is yeah, it? I mean, I just, yeah, it? no, I mean, I think, look, well, I do think that, that the war has put pressure on oil prices. But I think what's also happening is that you're not getting this massive overproduction in the industry. Hmm. You also have OPEC being very lean as well. So I think that there's a couple of different things that are going on. Uh, but, I, I again, I, I come back to the fact that any company that I've talked to, the CEOs and the CFOs and, and the executive suite, they have they've said they're not going to overproduce. They'd rather uh, provide shareholder returns um, and using that free cash flow to to increase dividends and to increase buybacks and that sort of thing. That's what they're doing. And it's just a different kind of a mindset versus uh, in, in a historical uh, context. Well, Ken Pocari, speaking of oil stocks, how about ESG stocks? <laughs> Biden administration loves ESG stocks. I'm trying to figure out the imp- they don't, I don't, is there an ESG uh, thing, an ESG metric? Uh, you know, worthwhile? I don't even know. There's a couple of ESG ETFs if you want to use those as a metric. But you know, I think that's kind of a passe story. Now you see what's happening at uh, at Blackstone. You have big investors that are pulling money out because they don't they, their money's not being used to make political statements and or ESG statements. Their money's being invested to put to work to provide a return, right? So I think the whole ESG thing is starting to fade. Although it may not go away completely, but. Um, I don't invest based on ESG. I just don't, right? I might appreciate companies that, that pay attention to it, but I'm not making investment decisions based on how everybody handles their ESG. I'm making investments on what I think that company is going to do in the current environment that we're in, right? Well, the Bidens just put through a regulation that's pushing ESG. It's not mandating it, but it's right. basically it's sort of pushing ESG uh, to keep money out of the fossil fuels you know, right. the evil, horrible, world-ending, climate-destroying fossil fuels, which we need more of, not less. Right, right. Um, but they've been doing that. He ran on that, right? He he told everyone he was going to do that. Yeah, he did. You're absolutely right about that. Probably going to run a second time on it. This is such right. a great success the first time. I think what's interesting is I think part of, uh, to Stephanie's point about about the, the demand and the supply story, I think part of it is also last week when we saw oil rally a little bit, there was that expectation that maybe the Saudis and OPEC were going to cut once again. Then they didn't. Then Joe Biden released them of any immunity, you know, gave them complete immunity against Khashoggi. So trying to make friends with them to make sure that they completely, you know, continue to pump oil. 
right? Because the, because the world needs it. And the China story, by the way, that reopening story, I think that's bullish. I think that's much more about uh, uh, increasing demand. So I think this pullback in oil is, like Stephanie said, a viable dip. I like oil in the long term. Again, it's a sector I own. It's a sector I like. Uh, I like the big names in that space, right? Mm-hmm. Exxon Mobil. And you know, front, and, uh, and, you know Ken, and you know, Ken. And you know, Kenny, I totally agree with you on China. I don't think it's getting enough uh, enough attention in terms yeah, of no, I don't think it is either. And, and, yeah, and look, yeah. Gigi just went to, to just went and met with the crown prince there, and you know, yesterday they gave him all kinds of accolades about the about their relationship and how and how the Saudis are going to balance the oil supply, and they're a great supplier of energy to to China. I, I think that story is not getting enough attention at all. Yeah, I I think there's a couple of things about. Uh, 2023 that, um, I, I don't know, maybe there's some tailwind. If you get China to reopen, yeah. that's obviously a positive. If you get yeah. the dollar to continue to, to, to continue, and maybe, just, maybe it just stabilizes, but it doesn't go higher. Uh, you right. know just as well as I do that earnings were hit about 8% because of the strong dollar last quarter alone. So if right. you get the dollar to kind of stabilize, you get inflation to start to come down, you get supply chains easing, and then throw in again that China story. Those are those are some nice tailwinds. I know we have to worry about demand, and that's a big problem and a big question mark. But I don't think it's all so gloom and doom. What a, yeah, but, no, I don't think so either. And you, I think there's play, honestly, yeah. I think there's plenty of demand out there. Would you buy or sell yeah. bonds? <clears throat> Ten years at three fifty eight, which I, I think. I, would you buy or sell bonds? I think there are some, I think the short duration bonds are very, very interesting, right? So the two year or the five years, I think if people are really nervous, I think they, I think they provide great opportunity. And I think you have to start looking at some of the asset classes, some of the, some of the, the ranges in the bond market. But yes, I would start to buy bonds. Really? It's the the shorter duration, right? The two years. Oh, you think think short rates are going to come down? You think short rates are going to come down? I think uh, wanna, short rate. Want to bet? I think they're probably going to. No, I don't think they're going to come down. I think they're going to stay right in here. You think they're coming down? What, no, they're going up. They're going up more than you think. Than you think. They're going up yeah. more than almost any human being thinks. Mm. The Fed's terminal rate is going to be higher than any human being thinks. That's okay, my that guess. I'll wait. <laughs> that's my guess. That's my, that's my prediction. Okay. Really. What do you think? Larry, what do you think? A six handle? Yes. Yeah. A six handle on two year rate? No. Oh, yes. But the six handle on the Fed funds rate. Oh, on yeah, the Fed, Fed funds rate. rate. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think a six handle on the Fed funds rate as well. Somewhere between six and seven. I mean we're heading for a double we're heading for a double dip recession. We, yeah. we had a recession the first half of this year. We've had a comeback in the second half of this year. But peak inflation has not given way to a continued inflation decline. And if the mm-hmm. Fed is gonna it just I'm just babbling out loud here. I get this way. You know, it's two and a half hours. I got another half hour to go on this show. <laughs> but um, I'm just saying, um, the Fed is go- if the Fed is going to defend its 2% <clears throat> inflation target, then the so-called terminal Fed funds rate has got to be much higher. That's all I'm saying. And in those, in those circumstances, all these rates are going to be higher. Every one of them. If the Fed is going to, Stephanie, if, I appeal to you and your rational thinking. If the Fed is going to keep squeezing its balance sheet down, if quantitative tightening continues, that was the put for bonds. That's going away. They're not going to defend bonds anymore. That's why I don't understand this 10-year rally. It's a recession rally, I suppose, but I, I just yeah. I think it's a head fake. 
That's all. I think it's definitely I think it's definitely a recession rally for, for sure, especially on the on the long end, right? That's telling, and that growth is going to slow substantially. Um, so, you know what's interesting, Larry and Kenny? The, I think people forgot you could lose money in bonds. Ah, right, right. I mean, right. and you you're losing a lot of money this year, if you, uh, a lot, double digits. Right. And I mean, I think people kind of like come to expect equities to be, you know, some years good, some years bad. Um, but bonds, I think people thought, okay, we'll be fine. And they're not. And so now when you ask the question, would you buy bonds? I mean, at least it's, you're, it's a conversation to be had before well, there were there was no, there was no alternative, right? It was, no, you didn't get anything agreed. out of fixed income. Yeah. So, agreed, but so they now had, you look in, yeah. Now, and now you say, wait, maybe 60, 40, the asset allocation, maybe that actually does make sense, right? Might be coming to value play all over again. <laughs> yes. Stay away from ESG. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> Brian Moynihan for Treasury Secretary. Stephanie Link, thank you. Thank Ken Paul Carey, thank, thank you. you. <clears throat> I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be back with Money in Politics. Liz Peake and Steve Moore, please stay with us. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. 